Two months ago, I put out a solo sales prestige podcast episode titled, I'm moving and I'm starting a business. It's accumulated over 2,400 views on YouTube, most popular show to date. And this episode you're listening to right now is going to be bigger and better than that one because I'm going to talk about the progress I've made in those two areas of my life, both personally and professionally. The reason I started Sales Prestige Podcast is because I believe we are wired to get to the next level. That's what we want as humans. We want survival. We want to get to the next level. And we want prestige. Prestige to me means success, money, wealth, people looking up to you. These are all things that I aspire to have in my own life. So I thought, hey, let me make a show talking about these things. And that may increase my probability of actually making it happen. And we're almost 20 episodes deep. And I've had the opportunity to bring on top producers, sales leaders, entrepreneurs, people I respect and admire to ask them questions about how they think about success, money, wealth, status, prestige, how they've gotten the things they've gotten in their own life so that we can benefit collectively to find more success sooner rather than later and get to that next level. Today's episode will be broken out into three parts. Part one will be my reflections on Q2. I missed my quota for the first time in three and a half years in my software sales job. I started four years ago as a sales development representative. I'm currently a senior account executive. I have a massive quarterly quota and I take responsibility for not getting the job done. So I've had a lot of time to reflect on it, what I did wrong, and I will share with you what I plan to do better going forward. And I believe you will find those insights useful as you think about consistently producing great outcomes in your career as well. Part two, I'm particularly excited about, and I think that you'll find quite interesting because it's the, I have started a business. I just reached a milestone. In the month of June, I accumulated $3,000 of online revenue from my online businesses. When I started out on this journey of trying to make money online, it seemed impossible. I thought people knew things I didn't know. And I wrote down, I want to make $3,000 a month because I thought, I thought if I make $3,000 a month, that's $36,000 a year. That basically covers my expenses. And I would technically be financially free, right? Because I'd be making enough money to cover my expenses on my own. And I wouldn't have to report to anyone. So I'll share exactly how I got to that point. The, the specific numbers. I'll pull up what I'm doing, um, the different revenue streams, how I got to that point, and my plans for continued growth. And then the third part of this episode will be the I have moved part. And this will be a bit more about me personally, which I typically don't share much about my personal life because I pretty much work 24-7. Um, so I'll share some updates, what it's been like for me moving from a Dallas suburb. I used to live in Plano, Texas, a minute from the office, going in five days a week. I now live downtown Dallas, Texas in a $2,700 a month apartment. Best location, tremendous views, 14th floor. I actually live in the same building as Luka Doncic, believe it or not. So it's a pretty nice building. And I'll talk about just lifestyle, how that has, has changed uh, for better or worse. Usually I'm interviewing somebody and I don't have the opportunity to say this, but subscribe right now if you haven't already. If you're watching on YouTube, leave a like. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple, leave a review. Um, whatever you can do to support the channel, we really appreciate it because I want to spread the message. I want to reach as many people as possible because I believe the people that listen to Sales Prestige are also committed 
to success are also obsessed with what they do. And I want to build a community of people like that because that's what I care about. And I feel like there's other people that are equally as crazy about wanting to achieve wild success in their own life. It's just so fun to me. My, my drug right now is the future. All I think about is the future. They say live in the present. I am living in the present, but I also really look forward to the future. And I'm constantly thinking about the great things I'm going to do and achieve in my own life. And I love to have the opportunity to, to share with you guys um, each step of the way so that you can hopefully emulate what I'm doing, learn from what I'm doing, from what I do well and what I don't do well. And then I also want to go back and listen to this and say, man, early July, started Q3, Trent, age 26. What were you thinking? You actually had no clue what was going on. So with that being said, let's get into part one. And this is reflections on Q2. It's been a long time since I missed my quota. And I did not have the pipeline I needed towards the towards the last month of June that, that I, I, I basically was was reliant on one deal to get across the line, which is never a good place to be in. That deal, I, di I didn't think naturally it wasn't going to close on time. It's a $100,000 deal with a retailer. So I'm about to have a fast start to Q3. And, and, and I like to bounce back from adversity. And I'm going to get into some of those lessons. But I didn't have enough pipeline coverage. I probably didn't take enough action throughout the quarter, but I never gave up. I never reduced my target. Even the last day of the quarter on June 30th, I was writing down my goals. I write down my goals every morning. I have closed $300,000 in revenue. That's, that's far in excess of my actual quota. Um, and I believe if you set targets higher than what you're expected to produce, um, it's better to fall short on that target than it is to say, I'm just going to hit my quota like an average normal person like everybody else. That's how everybody else is thinking. And that's why the majority of people don't hit quota. And given I didn't hit quota, but you can do all the right things and still not hit. And, and I take responsibility for that. And I will be better because of it. As we look at what's going on in the market, I'll provide my observations on some of the macro trends. And then I'll get into the specific lessons that I learned from, from missing quota. And I think what's on a lot of people's minds, um, I don't know if we're in a recession or, not, recession or not. Some people will say we are. Some people will say it's coming up. All a recession really is, is negative GDP growth over the course of two quarters. And it just means that the economy is shrinking instead of getting bigger. That's one trend that's starting to impact organizations. And, 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 it, and it's impacting consumer sentiment as well, meaning people will not spend as much money People may be a little bit more conservative. People don't want to lose their jobs, especially. So as sell sellers, it's really important to be aware of this and understand how can we use how can we use that psychology to use to mean our solution isn't is a solution to their problems, an outcome to help them be more successful and get promoted. We're also seeing increased interest rates. And all this means to me, and the way I think about it is as a consumer, if I want to go purchase a house unless I have all of the cash, I need to get a mortgage. So I'm taking a loan from the bank and the loan is based on interest rates, meaning the cost of the money to borrow. The interest rates are increasing, meaning the cost of borrowing is higher. Therefore, it's technically more expensive for you as a consumer to buy a house because it's going to require more money on the loan than previously it would in a lower interest rate environment. So as you then parallel this to actual corporations, corporations, it's more expensive for them to use debt from the banks. So as you think about operating expenses, such as hiring employees, such as paying them more, such as budget, 
for software solutions like you and I, such as travel. We're starting to see budgets contracting because naturally as money is more expensive, therefore organizations need to be more conservative and cut back. That's why we're seeing so many layoffs. That's why we, it may be more challenging to sell going forward. I had one deal push specifically because my buyer said, look, our CEO said, we're, we're cutting spending. We're just, we're just, we just can't do it right now. We want you, we choose you, but we just can't do it right now. So those are some of the, the overarching trends I'm seeing. So as we start to then go from the macro perspective to the actual day-to-day -day in the trenches, I missed my quota. And my observation, number one, is that it pisses me off. We as humans are evolutionarily wired to grow from pain. We evolve. If we're consistently being eaten by velociraptors because they're faster than us, then we're going to adapt the ability to travel longer distances so that we can hopefully escape and, and survive. And it's all about survival. So me and my software sales job, when I don't hit my quota, that's anti-survival. And therefore it pisses me off because I believe I could have done better. And my standard is set so high that I expect to always hit quota. So I really had to take a look in the mirror and say, look, you failed. You let yourself down. You let your team down. You let your company down. And you need to be brutally honest with taking responsibility and saying, you did not get the job done. I did not get the job done. And that's why it pisses me off because I know that I have the potential, I have the capabilities, I have the talent, I have the work ethic to always get the job done. But I did not get the job done. Why did I not get the job done? I am very consistent and disciplined in my behaviors. As I was saying, I am that guy. I don't just talk about it, I am about it. I show up to the office, I'm typically one of the first people there. I'm always the last person there. And I make a lot of calls, I send a lot of emails, and I, I believe in volume and massive activity. And, and, and historically, that's put me in the best position to always hit my quota. What happened this quarter was that I, I basically, there were two really important 40K deals in the first month that I needed to close one of them. I lost both of them. I lost to, to, to competitors. Um, so that was a learning experience for me is, is how can I better understand the customer's problems so that I can articulate the value of our solutions in a differentiated way. And I was unable to do that. So, so that, that, that's, a, that's a mistake I made that, that that's on me. Mistake number two, and, and I posted this on LinkedIn, it, it got over 90,000 impressions, 800 likes. I said, um, I pulled in a four, I pulled in a 34 K deal at 9 PM last night to finish my quarter. It's not ideal to be laying in bed reactively refreshing your DocuSign hoping that the signature comes through. And, and this was a deal that would didn't get me to quota, but it basically salvaged my quarter. Rather, rather than finishing like 56%, I ended up finishing about 84% of pace, which, 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 which is not my standard, but it's not, it's not the worst outcome because I still closed $180,000 in revenue, which relative to a lot of other reps is still quite a bit of contribution. And what, what my point in the post was that um, understanding the decision process is simply not enough. And I, I historically have over-indexed trust with the customer in the relationship that they're just going to get it done because that's what we talked about. But that I keep finding myself in situations with these deals where I don't have a very concrete close plan or mutual activity plan to drive towards a specific outcome, meaning I was angry all day the last day of the quarter because I expected the signature to come in. We aligned on legal red lines. The customer told me it would get done. 
and he didn't sign until 9 p.m. And that's on me for not holding him more accountable to what I expected of him. So going forward, that is that is one insight. That is a main lesson that I plan to apply in Q3. And you as a seller, if you're in a revenue-producing role, whenever you get that vendor of choice, that's good. You have a lot of work to do at that point to align on legal red lines, to get them everything they need to be in a position to sign, and then actually getting them to sign in a predictable way. If you want to predictably forecast your performance and revenue, it's important to be able to say, hey, this deal will probably close by this date, and this is the expectation. When there's uncertainty around that, it leads to a lot of anxiety and stress that otherwise could have been avoided if you were more disciplined in holding the customer accountable to a close plan. So that, that's really the, the second overarching insight is that closed plans are really important. That's a tactical thing I plan to improve in, in Q3. Um, I'm pissed off because I did not do a good enough job. And an additional insight and observation I had based on my performance is that there is no shortage of success. Meaning when you do not perform to the level you want, it's really easy to then look at other people who did do that and make excuses to yourself and it, as to why they are more successful than you. For example, there was a guy in my office, he closed a $1 million deal in the corporate space. Um, I actually was on a demo with him that morning. And then a couple hours later, he closed a $1 million deal. Great guy. He deserves it more so than most people. I really respect his approach and I'll actually, I should probably get him on the episode one day. Maybe we could talk about the deal. Um, but he closed a $1 million deal. And I was happy for him, but I was pissed off because of my stuff. And, and, and it, it, I didn't allow it to happen because I have an iron mind, but it's really easy to then justify to yourself, man, that should be me. I deserve it. Why does he have that? And I don't. I kept reiterating to myself, there is no shortage of success. It's not zero sum. Just because he closes this deal doesn't mean I can't go and close that deal or a bigger deal or have equal, if not more success. When people achieve great results, meaning there's another rep on your team that's, that's doing better than you, um, you got to look at it and say, this enlarges the entire pie. It proves what's possible for all of us, which should be a motivating thing. Me working at a public company, him closing a million dollar deal is fantastic because hopefully that helps um, with our overall marketing position as well. So it's good when people around you are successful and it should motivate you to be more successful. Additionally, the, the last thing I'll add here is that success is really important. I see a lot of reps who consistently don't hit, and I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do that. I plan in three months from now to crush my Q3 number, and I refuse to accept any other reality that is not that. There's no way I missed my quota two quarters in a row. I absolutely will bounce back because I tend to deal well with adversity. But success is important. I feel like a lot of people get in these routines of just being average saying, I'll just show up, I'll go through the motions, it's okay, I still get to go home and drink my beer, sit on the couch, I've got my two kids, I've got the dog, I've got the suburban, send them to an okay school, whatever it may be. The whole purpose of sales prestige is I want to surround myself with other like-minded people who are highly driven, who are obsessed with what they do, who want to continuously get to the next level and improve. My goal is to become an enterprise account executive, and that's why a down quarter is just simply not acceptable because all of these days, all of these moments are building up to really what you want to do in your life. Um, and, and success is just really important. And that's something that I live and die by, which is why I write down my goals each and every day. Part two of the podcast, um, things are really going to start heating up now, guys, because 
of course, the career is really good, working for a corporation, making a paycheck, being paid twice a month, got your 401k, your salary, your commissions, all that's great. But being an individual, a lot of people think sales make a lot of money. You do make a lot of money, but if you're an employee your entire life, are you going to continuously, you're going to live long enough to either achieve your dreams or help further somebody else's dreams? Think about that. If you're just an individual contributor all your life, that'll be great. You'll make, you'll make some money, but you truly never will be free. And that's why it is so important to be able to make money outside of your career so that you have things going for you to make more money, to give yourself more flexibility, more freedom. And as I said, I made $3,000 online in June, which at the beginning, I mean, it, it's, it's taken me a long time to get to this point. I, I hear people talking about making money online and I, I naturally think, man, how did they do that? What do they know that I don't? What are they doing? And I was in that position for so long because my journey to provide you guys a little perspective here is it was back in, I, I always wanted to do YouTube. I always wanted to do YouTube and I don't exactly know why. I, I just, I never watched YouTube in high school. I really never watched it in college. It wasn't until when I first got in the workplace that I discovered YouTube and I just loved watching YouTube. And I, and I always had a, a hobby for making videos. In college, I would carry around my GoPro and I would make videos of each of the weekends of me and my buddies just getting hammered and having a blast. I have them all saved on my computer. And those memories, I literally would not trade for anything because it, it is what made me who I am today. So I always loved making videos. I always loved YouTube and I always loved money. So I saw, I saw a Graham Stephan video. He's a personal finance YouTuber a few years back and he revealed his income. And I, I had never thought somebody would talk about the money they make online. And he showed that he made a million dollars from YouTube, from ad revenue, from not selling anybody anything. And to me, that, that, was such, that was such an astounding, groundbreaking concept that somebody could do that, that I said, he's no smarter than me. He's kind of a geek. Why can't I do that too? So I decided to start a YouTube channel. And then I went down a, a dark path because I said, I'm going to do YouTube. But what I actually, I should have just doubled down with that, but I started it, but then I quit. And that's what, that's what most people do is they don't have the persistence to do a hard thing long enough to persevere. And that's the biggest thing that people are missing is, is, is it's easy to start, believe it or not. You'll watch a video like this. You'll listen to someone. You'll say, oh, I got, I'm going to do it too. I'm going to start. And then two weeks later, you're at the pool drinking White Claws again, not actually furthering your dreams because you've accepted that you will live an ordinary existence and further somebody else's dreams as well. So you really got to get to a place of, of you are just not happy where you're at. And they say, Hey, you always got to be happy. You want to avoid burnout, da da da. But what I'm saying is you really have to be willing to sacrifice who you are today to become who you want to become. And I've gone through that cycle so many times because I wanted to make money online. I acknowledge that. And the, 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 the first actual thing I did was I started to blog. <laughs> I called it Wealth Smoothie. And if you go to my main YouTube channel, some of my very first videos, you'll see a Wealth Smoothie logo because I was, I was obsessed by the idea of, I'll do a blog. I'll talk about personal finance. I'll talk about wealth, health, fitness, all this. And um, I'm actually a terrible writer. So I made a few blog posts. It was taking so long. And I just, I just quit. After like three weeks, I just quit. That was that. So then I got to the next idea and I said, okay, let me, I want to make money online. What should I do? I started a podcast and um, this time around I had a buddy 
that he was somebody I started with day one of my software sales career. We were hanging out a lot out of work, outside of work, and we said, hey, let's make a podcast. And we called it The Reluctant Adults. Such a great concept. We made 10 episodes, and then we quit. That was that. And then, and then we had done that. We had the microphones. This is actually the microphone we used, to use, we used to use. So I got back with that buddy and then another buddy. And then we started another podcast called Generation Zillions, another great concept. We did 10 episodes and then we quit. So as you can see, I've struck out multiple, multiple times. And I also had this YouTube channel that I would make a video and then I would quit. And then I'd wait a couple months. I'd make a video, then I'd quit. I'd wait a couple months. And then I got to a point in 2020, a um, few years in my career, I was making some good money and the pandemic happened. I was forced to work remote. I was isolated. And I basically came to the realization, if I do not really try with this online income thing now, it's never going to happen. So what I did was literally, I started writing down, what is holding me back? Why have I not stuck with this long enough to actually see progress? Number one was video games. I loved Xbox. I love playing NBA 2K and Madden. I'm naturally competitive. Um, I was really good at it and I would crush people online and I would tell people, hey, I'm really good at this video game. You don't want to play me. But guess where that got me? Nowhere. Didn't mean anything. So if you're playing video games right now and you want to be successful, you are wasting your time. Number two, gambling. Do you like to watch sports? If you're a guy in your 20s, you probably like to watch sports to some capacity. Some people don't, which I respect. I grew up watching sports, playing sports, so I really like sports, and, and it's hard for me not to follow NBA free agency stuff um, or fantasy football, all this, all this stuff. So what I did was um, when I watched the sports, I got to a point where I, I could only really sit down and watch a game if I was gambling, and then, and then alcohol is involved. So I got to a point where I said, you know what? I need to stop gambling. Each season, I'd get back and I would gamble, so I do not gamble any longer. I'll, I'll do fantasy. I'll, I'll maybe do a survivor league. Um, but I, I do not do game-to-game -game gambling anymore. So if you are gambling, that is most likely holding you back from maximizing your potential. Number three is TV and leisure time. I got rid of my TV for that reason. If you look back at my apartment, if you're watching on YouTube right now, I don't have a TV in my lobby. I don't even have a TV. I do have a TV because there was a 50-inch screen in my, um, in my hallway that I thought to myself, how can I not pick this up? But it is not currently plugged in. I'll occasionally plug it in in my bedroom if I want to watch a movie. Aside from that, I don't watch TV because all it did was it was a waste of time. So once you get to the point where you get serious about making money online or whatever you want to do, you got you to gotta give something up. You have to be able to willing to give something up. So those were the three things that primarily were holding me back. So once I gave them up, it allowed me to then have the justification to really focus on making money online. So what I started to do was making YouTube videos. I started to make consistent videos literally each and every day. My videos still to this day are not great, but I just show up and I do it. Now I'm 600 videos deep. Look what I just did there. It's, it's hard for me to even put in perspective what it took for me to give those things I loved up and then what it has meant for me from a sacrifice standpoint to make 600 YouTube videos. Think about this. In 2020, I put out a new YouTube video every day for 140 days straight. 140 days straight, I put out at least an eight-minute YouTube video that involved me thinking of an idea, me sitting down with my camera, me recording it, me editing it, and me putting it up on YouTube. And I still barely grew. I still barely grew because I got to a point where I said, I'm not doing this for the money anymore. 
I'm doing this because I love the process. And that's the reason why I've been able to stick with it long enough. Now make a podcast, now make a website. And I'm going to talk about some of these numbers in a minute, but I stuck with it long enough because I fell in love with the process. And I said, a professional shows up and just does the job. And that's what I'm doing to this day. I show up and I do the job. So as I break down making $300 a month online, let me talk about the specific income streams here as transparently as possible. Because if you're still with me 24 minutes into the video, I really appreciate it. And I want you to comment the cherry emoji down below if you're on YouTube to let me know that you're still listening. I will read it and I will give you a personalized response as well. The number one um, income stream I have right now online is AdSense, ad revenue. Whenever you reach 1,000 subscribers and 4,000 hours of watch time on YouTube, you're eligible to monetize. It took me about a year and a half to do this on YouTube. It was not easy. The watch time is, is challenging. The watch time is very challenging. And we're actually at 3,500 hours of watch time on Sales Prestige Podcast, this channel. Um, so after this episode, we absolutely will be past 4,000 hours of watch time and we will monetize as well, which will create an additional online income stream. It's as simple as that. The main channel last month generated $1,900 in revenue. My Trent Dressel YouTube channel, I, I feel that most of you who listen to this podcast or watch it on YouTube are probably from my main YouTube channel. Some of you may be new. So if you're not subscribed to the Trent Dressel YouTube channel, there's a lot of great stuff on there. And I, I talk about sales quite a bit. So Google ad revenue is my main income source. Along with that, I get a lot of attention. I get around 100,000 views a month, okay? Along with YouTube, I also am active on LinkedIn. This, the last seven days on LinkedIn, you won't believe it, I have 225,000 impressions. An impression is basically a view, but I believe an impression is less valuable than a view from a monetization standpoint, because a view on YouTube could be four minutes of attention. An impression on LinkedIn could be 10 seconds of attention. So it's, it's, it's disproportionate, but LinkedIn organically is such a great place to grow. And right around early in my YouTube journey, I also committed to posting on LinkedIn. And LinkedIn, I'm not making money directly from, but it's distribution and it's brand recognition. I can post something on LinkedIn. For example, the post I talked about earlier about the clothes plan, that post, has 90,000 impressions, 90,000 people looked at that post. So what I'm able to do is actually use that distribution to fuel my next income stream, which is my website, softwaresalesguide.com. So let me talk about why I built a website and why I'm selling products right now is because I had my YouTube AdSense revenue, which I've been making for over a year now, which is consistently between usually around 1300 to 1500. I recently have been investing in an editor and that's how I've been able to increase it. And that was exciting because I'm, it, I'm just making videos, doing what I enjoy, making money for it. But I'm starting to observe other people in the space that are selling things. And then I got to a point where it started to piss me off. And I said, why am I not selling things as well? Not, not just to try and make a quick buck, but when you are trying to help people and share messaging, most people don't actually take it serious enough to take action if they're not invested. And the best way to get people invested is to get them to pay money. You're gonna listen to an episode like this and you're gonna say, man, Trent, he's sitting there wearing sunglasses. How is he doing this when I'm more capable than him? Maybe that's what you think. And you, you may be, but I'm actually taking the action. Um, so if you just listen to this, you may be fired up for 24 hours, but then you won't actually act on it. And that's why I'm be willing to be as transparent as possible. So I got to a point where I realized if I really want to help people, I need to make a course that's paid. That's going to benefit me. 
It's going to motivate me to work harder. And it's going to help people to truly take the information serious. So I said, how can I monetize? That's not just a quick way to monetize, transactional. Um, and what is a business that I actually want to do? So I've, th I've, been thinking, I've been thinking about this for a long, long time. And it's a website. I've tried to build out websites before. And it's, it's always harder than you think it's going to be. And I stumbled upon Squarespace. It, it's actually way easier than you think. It took me a couple of weeks. I made a website. Go check it out, softwaresalesguide.com. It's very simple. And all I'm doing is trying to use my existing attention from YouTube and LinkedIn that I'm already getting paid for inherently from, from Google ad revenue. I'm now using that attention and I'm in the way between where people are and, and the money. And, and I'm trying to say, hey, this is the problem you may have. And here's the solution at this website. For example, I built a cold calling course and I put it on softwaresalesguide.com. So I want to get people to softwaresalesguide.com to promote my course. If people are interested in learning about my B2B sales cold calling strategy and my exact script, I built a 30 minute course talking about it. And I'm an expert when it comes to cold calling. I made 50,000 cold calls. That's why I made the course because I knew that I had information that was specialized, that was expertise that would help people in their cold calling. And it would be selfish for me not to make the course. So on the website, um, I have the course. I've got some other information as well. And let me read you guys the, the data points here because it, it truly is amazing what can start to happen when you do this. So the, the site has been live for um, since June 12th. So literally two, three weeks. The site's been live for two, three weeks. The site has 2,000 visits, meaning somebody goes to the website. And it's generated, get this, $1,400 in revenue. I'm going to say that again. In less than three weeks, a brand new website has generated $1,400 in revenue. And that is total sales. The margins on this are literally 95% margins. Think about that. 95% margins. Most businesses don't have margins that great. And I've sold 24 courses so far. And I actually don't like to call it a course. I call it a guide. It's a guide to help get people where they want to go. And think about this, completely organic, no advertising. If I look at the, the, the top sources by revenue, $660, $660 of that is from YouTube. It's because I'm promoting this website on my YouTube channel to people that have this existing problem about how do they set more meetings on the phone. And I have built this website to provide an answer to their problems. And that is the business. It's instant delivery. So whenever somebody presses purchase, it's, it's sent to them automatically. It's open 24 seven. There is no storefront. There are no employees and it's the perfect business and it's infinitely scalable. So it's basically per 1000 visits, there's a 1% conversion rate. That's going to result in 12 sales, which is about 700 ish dollars. So the question is how can I get more people to the website? If I could get 10,000 visits a day, I'm starting to make, $1,000 a day, whatever it may be. So that is income source number two. And that generated $1,400 in the month of June. And, and given it was built by July, June 12th. So it's been live less than a month. I'm really excited about that. And, I'm, and I plan to build out a blog on it and figure out more ways to drive traffic, maybe paid advertising at some point. But that's income source number two. It was easier in hindsight to build than you would think. And once it's up, it's going. So that, that's, that's fantastic. I'm really excited about that. And then the final income stream is if you go to my main YouTube channel, Trent Dressel, 
you'll notice that there's a join button right next to the subscribe button. There's a join button. If you press join, it's $10 a month. So that is now a recurring revenue stream for me. $10 a month where people pay to get access to my weekly live stream coaching. So I lead a weekly live coaching call where I talk about how I am preparing to cross the week ahead. And I also answer questions in real time. We've had a few sessions. They're all incredibly productive, received tremendous feedback. And it's, it's exciting to begin building a community of people who truly do care about success, growth, and being in an environment like that has been inspiring to me and it pushes me to keep getting better. We have over 50 members right now. So you can do the math on the income that's being generated from the membership group. Oh, and also there's a private members discord as well um, that we have a lot of great discourse in. I, sh I just shared, for example, my sequence the other day, my specific steps, calling and emailing and what that looks like. So if you are interested in speaking with me, being a part of a community of like-minded people, go check out that group. And if you are interested in my sales guide to cold call and set more meetings, go check out softwaresalesguide.com. Or if you don't want to buy it, that's fine. Go to the website and just check out the website and see, hey, this is what generates Trent $1,400 the first month being live. It's as simple as that. So if you add all that together, it's over $3,000 in income for the month of June, which I'm pumped about. And I plan to keep doubling down my efforts there um, to keep making more money in that. Um, and, and think about this. What I'll share is there's infinite money out there. And a lot of people think that you need to make money. That's how frame it. People say, I want to go make money. I even say make money. But you are not making money. The central bank makes money. You are taking money. You are understanding what, what value can I offer in exchange for money? And it may sound selfish. It may not be the best way, politically correct say, way of saying it. But you need to take money from other people. All of the money in the universe, it's not yours. Even the money in your bank account, it's not yours. Eventually, it's going to go to somebody else. Money is like water. It's always flowing. So for example, if we, if we think about water, you have water in the ocean. It's moving around. It precipitates to the clouds. It then rains back down. It goes into a stream. It's always flowing. Money is the same thing. Money is never actually yours because it's always flowing. You are paid by your employer. You then take your money. You go to Chipotle. You pay Chipotle with that $10. Chipotle uses that $10 to pay the supplier. The supplier pays $10 to the electric company. The electric company then pays to the drivers who are supplying that. So money is always moving. So if you think about that flowing example, how can you be in between the waterways? So if you have the ocean right here and the river right here, and the water is going to flow to the river, how can you stand in the way and then collect some of that, collect some of that flow? It's like a highway. I'm looking at the Dallas Tollway right here. There are tolls on the highway. People are going from their house to their workplace. That's what I do every day in commute. In order to get there, I need to drive through a toll tag thing. So it drives through and it automatically bills me in it. I have to pay. And it, it's actually the best business. But think about that. In order for me to get where I'm going, I need to pay the money. They have intercepted me. They have, they have stopped the flow of water. Another example of this is I went to a bagel shop this morning to get a bagel. And the lady in front of me at the counter, she said, hey, can I set my flyers right here on the table right next to the line? They said, yeah. And they're flyers to an open house. So me, I'm hungry. So that's, that's where I'm at today, but I want food. She has gotten in between me and the food and intercepted it with her flyer. That's how you get in the middle of the flow. My flow is I get all this attention. I try and get as much traffic as I can to my YouTube channel, to my TikTok, to my LinkedIn. 
And I think about what, what does everybody want? They collectively want knowledge that leads to more productivity so that they can make more money, so that they can then get acknowledgement, so that they can meet a partner, so they can buy that house, go to college. In order for them to do that, they need the specialized knowledge and skills to improve productivity. So I have built a course specifically designed to help people achieve better outcomes when it comes to calling. Um, so I have intercepted it. I am the flow. There's infinite money out there. It's always being printed. Um, and you just got to get in the middle of it. And that is how you start making money when you start to think about and extrapolate what that actually means. The third and final part of the episode here is my personal life. And now that we're warmed up, we're, we're going we're gonna to get into it here. So two months ago, I decided... I was not, I did not want to be in Plano, Texas any longer. I was living in a suburb. I had no friends. I did nothing social. All I did was work 24 7, 100% of the time, Monday through Sunday, and I repeated. I never went out and drank. All I did was worked. That's all I did. And I was able to promote two times in a six month period, which is really incredible when you look at what it actually took to do that uh, because I was super focused. So I made a lot of progress in my career. And then I got to a point where I said, I can have all the money in the world, but it's not really fulfilling all of my desires in life. I want to have meaningful relationships as well with friends, maybe have a girlfriend, eventually have a family. And I also want to be surrounded by other people in practice that are doing cool things as well. So I came to the conclusion that I can save money living in Plano I can go into the office five days a week. It's going to take no commute, probably will allow me to work harder, but it's not giving me what I want in life. So I decided I am going to move to the nicest possible place that I could find, which was the current apartment, the current apartment I'm sitting in right now. I pay $2,700 a month, which is effectively double what I was paying previously. I am now in the best location in Dallas. Luca Doncic lives in my building. I've got a hot tub, steam room, sauna. The best, one of the best pools in Dallas, truly. It, it is a fantastic pool. It's a lot of fun. And I, I'm, I'm putting myself in positions to meet new people. I've already met people in this building. I met a Navy SEAL. I have just met a lot of people. And, 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 and that's something that I never had access to in Plano. I also got to the point where I realized that I'm naturally frugal. I want to save money. I want to invest my money. But why not just focus on making more money and spending more money? I can conserve, not buy the coffee, contribute to my 401k, pay nothing in rent, which is what a lot of people think is financially responsible of them to do. What I'm here to tell you is that if you truly want to get wealthy, spending the extra $1,000 a month on whatever, it's really not going to matter in the long run. All that's going to matter is your ability to improve your income to a point where you're making substantially more money. That's truly how you get wealthy and how you get ahead. Then that's what I did. Ever since moving here, I have doubled my online income. I've doubled my online income in less than two months because I've put myself in an environment where I'm spending way more money. So I needed to force myself to get more creative, to work harder, to think differently and say, how can I create additional revenue sources to make more money? And that's what's happened ever since I moved here. From a personal standpoint, I am a bit more social. I'm drinking more, um, doing things on the weekends. Maybe that has contributed to me missing my first quarter because a little bit more distracted with, with doing stupid things on the weekends. 
what I wrote down on my board here is that I need to stop wasting my weekends because I'm a, I'm an all in person. Like I talked about, I'm obsessed with success and it's, it's challenging for me to put myself in situation. So for example, I can be sitting here. I can say, I'm going to read a book. I'm going to work on my website. I'm going to make a podcast episode. And then someone will say, Hey, let's go to the pool or let's go on a boat. And I know it's not the best thing for me to do. That's going to help me be more successful. But I'm like, I'm working the other six days of the week. Should I just go do something social, but at the same time, lose out on the productivity? So that is the most challenging part for me being down here in the mix is I now am in situations where I can be put in these social scenarios that is what I truly want and what I know I need. But when you involve the drinking as well, anytime I'm doing things that make me feel less certain about myself, I love to drink. It's a lot of fun. But the next day, I'm not quite as certain about my success. I'm not quite as confident as I know I, I could be. So it's, it's a trade-off, and I'm, I'm constantly trying to find the right balance because I then tell myself the counterpoint. If I don't put myself in these social situations where I'm drinking, it's virtually, I don't want to say impossible, but how else do I meet girls, right? How else do you do it? So I think that that's one of the modern-day struggles of guys is um, – how do you meet girls? I'm a sales guy. You would think the cold calling would translate, but it doesn't always do it. And unless you're in a, a pregame or like a friends of friends setting, it's just really hard to do. I'm not somebody that, that does particularly well in clubs and late night bars, loud music, dancing. That's just not my scene. I don't do well in that. I do better in small, intimate settings. And I feel like doing, doing things with friends, whether it be day drinking at the pool or it depends on the scenario, but those are the situations that I feel like put me in the best position to meet people, girls and guys, and just have a good time and fun. So, but at the same time, the trade-off is that if, if you're doing that, then it, it doesn't help me at all with the YouTube, with making more money online. And that's really the, the challenge I face because I believe there's, there's really three core pillars of life in my 20s. It's health, wealth, relationships. We've talked a lot about the wealth piece today with the career with the online income, the, the, the health thing, we haven't talked about at all. And that's actually been benefited quite a bit being in a building with other people who are in shape with amenities that push me to be better, to work harder. But when you're drinking, it also goes against the health thing. And, and then relationships in order to like, think about it in your twenties, what else are you doing with people other than getting together and drinking? I want to get together with people who are also like-minded who want to make money, who want to be successful, who want to talk about doing cool things. And there, you get that to an extent, collectively getting around drinking, hanging out with people, but it's not always what I want it to be. Um, so, that, so that's why I make so much content. That's why I'm on, online so much is because it allows me to make a podcast episode, to make videos, to build a community of other people that want similar things to me because that's really what life is all about. The relationships, enjoying the process along the way, and getting to where you want to go so that you can look back because I promise you, and I'm, I'm not there yet, but I promise you, if you're looking back at age 40 saying, oh, now I want to start making my online income or at age 50, hey, now it's time for me to start the business. It's going to be much harder. You're not going to have the energy you have today. You're going to have more responsibilities. You're going to have BS, baggage, whatever it may be. Now is the time to start these things. If you listen to this episode and you say, okay, I, I, I want to be like Trent. I, I, I want to hopefully avoid missing quota. I want to make money online. I want to put myself in fun situations, live in nice buildings and good locations. Um, but I'm not there today. Now is the time to start taking action. There's really no excuse for you not to attack every aspect of the life you want because you deserve it. 
Think about this. The most successful people in the world, they are no different than you and I. They are no different than you and I. They just thought bigger and they started taking action in these areas. And when I speak with people who are more successful than me that have things I want, what I realize is that they're no different than me. They're no different than you. And we have the potential to virtually do anything we want in our lives, but we can't have everything. And that's why that, that's the challenge I have is, is there's all these things I want, but how do I stay focused long enough to actually start to make progress? And that truly is the secret to making money online is identifying what do you actually want and sticking with something long enough, making 600 YouTube videos, making 20 podcasts, be willing to just sh show up by yourself and talk for 45 minutes and just talk into a microphone and put it out online and allow people to judge and critique your ideas. It means posting on LinkedIn to your professional network, getting less than 10 likes a post for months. Everybody you know seeing it saying, wow, that guy sucks. Nobody cares about what he has to say. That's what I had to go through. I got made fun of in front of my entire company twice. I was an unproven rep, account executive level three. I had one quarter under my belt. My first ramping quarter, 7,000 quota. I hit 20,000 close revenue. I started talking online. I really started to pick up a lot and, and committing to my success. And they made fun of me. They tried to tear me down. And that's what people are going to do. When you start to make enough noise, when you start to move at such high frequencies, there's going to be other people that, that just can't fathom it or are jealous because they deeply are insecure because they want those things too, but they're just not willing to do it. They're going to try and tear you down. And I promise you, Nobody's reality that they try and project on you is more important than your own reality inside your own head. That truly is all that matters. So at the end of the day, when you're brushing your teeth, when you're looking in the mirror, all that matters is how you feel about yourself. And so long as you know your targets, you know what you're working towards, you feel good about yourself, you have internal peace. That's all that matters because you can control your life, your attitude, your effort, despite any given set of circumstances, you can control your attitude and effort. So never tell yourself some narrative of, I'm depressed or I just don't have the skills. I didn't come from the right background. It doesn't matter where you're at today because so long as you're willing to give up who you are today, you can become whoever you want in the future. Guys, I enjoyed this episode. We are 46, 48 minutes deep. I can't actually read the screen with these, these glasses on right now. Really didn't prep for this. I know parts of it were probably a bit choppy. Um, so I'll keep getting better over time. I really appreciate you guys listening. Um, if you want to support the channel, subscribe now, leave a review, leave a like, comment. Let me know who you would like to see on the podcast because I am always um, searching for cool guests. I want to have great conversations. I want to deliver as much value to you guys as possible. The bigger we continue to get, the bigger guest I'm going to be able to go and get for you guys and interview and put them on the hot seat and ask them some cool questions. Have a great rest of your day. Um, I'll talk to you in the next episode and let's make it happen. Bye.